And I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. It was just crazy. We looked at each other like, what? Are we really ready for this moment? Like, (laughs) we were so excited and like, we knew it was going to happen. But then in that moment of like, holy cow, like this is actually happening. I took that onesie and I made a cute little sign that said, hi, daddy, I can't wait to meet you. And I put the positive test and I laid it all out on our dining room table. And then I sat for like two hours. (laughs) You've landed on the From Bumps to Birth podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Hamley. As a crazy mom of six and a diehard birth geek, I created this space for parents to come and share their unique journeys to parenthood. Whether it's been smooth sailing or bumps along the way, there's no journey alike. So help me in honoring these stories and sit back, relax, and let your inner birth geek indulge. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today, before I introduce our guest, I want to talk about a little something. Um, So all of my spots for my remaining episodes for 2020 have been filled, which is super exciting. Um, That was a huge goal of mine. Uh, I will be taking two weeks off uh, because my kids are going to be on Christmas break. And so December 19th, will be when I start the break and then the new episodes will resume January 8th, 2021. Can we just take a second to be like, how is it almost 2021? Like crazy. And I'm so excited to see what this new year has in store for us. So, um, I also will be probably sharing, um, like maybe fan favorite episodes in those two weeks, um, just for people to get caught up and, um, you know, just to kind of stay active, but, um, no new episodes will be released in those two weeks. So, um, now for today's episode, which I'm super excited about, we have Vanessa Ippolito. Uh, she's the personality behind, um, the Instagram page called confessions of a new mama. And as I said, I'm so excited to have her share her birth story with us. She is currently pregnant, so hopefully in the future we'll be able to have her back. Um, But without further ado, I won't hold the floor any longer. Vanessa, thank you so much for being here today. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Thank you guys so much for joining both of us. We had a great conversation before we got started today just to kind of introduce ourselves, and I'm really excited to be part of this. This is something that I think it's just very cathartic to kind of look back on how far we've come in our, in our family. So yeah, um, like Ricky said, my name is Vanessa Ippolito and I just, I recently connected through Instagram. I started an anonymous Instagram account so that I could start talking about pregnancy and motherhood and all the things that come with it. And it's just kind of morphed into what it is today. So I am 35 years old. I am in a beautiful, wonderful relationship with my son's dad. His name is Joe. And hopefully he'll be here soon because your girl is tired of waiting. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) we have a 14-month-old son named Connor. And he is just truly the joy of our life. Our whole family has just gotten so much closer since we had him. 
And as she mentioned, I am also pregnant with baby number two. So uh, for those of you doing math out there, uh, you definitely calculated that correctly. We will be number two club and the the babies will be 17 months apart. So um, that was not the plan. But, you know, sometimes uh, quarantine slash maybe a couple drinks uh, might add up to the situation that we're in now. So uh, welcome to my crazy life and super excited to kind of share with you guys our birth story of Connor and hopefully the new baby in the future. <laughs> well, I'm super excited. Um, you can, <laughs> I'm oh still God. laughing about it's the so drinks true, thing. That really is how this happened. Well, I, you said 17 months. So my kids, besides my twins, I have twins. So the, obviously they're super, they're <laughs> only three minutes apart in age, but my, uh, my other two closest, like the gap is, um, 19 months and it was, so my third baby, that's my second and my third baby. And it was like a huge surprise, but they are so close and they actually are the ones that get mistaken for the twins all the time, which is so weird. Cause it's in, it's interesting, but yes, you're in for a fun ride. That's for sure. And I mean that with like the best part, like it's going to be Rocky, but it seriously is amazing. Like it, it is an awesome age gap, gap in my opinion. The, so the mom vibes but, and all of the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, I'll just let you go ahead and jump in and share your story wherever you see fit. And yeah, right. I'm so excited. Well, Go ahead. Like, where do I want to kind of start? I guess Joe and I have been in a relationship for, gosh, going on, going on three years, not till April. So I'd say like two and a half. Uh, we don't want to overestimate, but um, <laughs> he and I, I, kind of the reason why Joe and I haven't gotten married, I, like I said, I'm 35 years old. Joe is 20 when I met him. We're seven years apart, so I can't really do math with mom brain. Um, he'll be 29 in December. Or this, well, this month, gosh, in like three days. So we're seven years apart. And I don't think that it was ever part of his plan when he and I met at the club. Um, I, don't, I don't really think it was his plan <laughs> that I was going to be his baby mama, girlfriend, best friend. Uh, house renovating partner, et cetera. I don't, I don't really think that was like the plan. Um, but you know, <laughs> here we are two and a half years later. Um, before I met Joe, I was in a five-year relationship with a guy that was just completely wrong for me. And I'm pretty sure there were about a million red flags in that relationship that it should have ended way sooner than it did. We actually got engaged twice um, and we actually, I canceled, um, the wedding twice and, um, <laughs> he cheated three weeks before the second wedding reschedule. Um, and then four months later, I met Joe after I came out of my very deep depression. So like, like I said, when Joe and I met, I don't think that either one of us were really in a place where a serious relationship was even something that was on the, on the table. So we met in April by we we traveled we hung out he assimilated into my family and my friends loved him um, my colleagues loved him and he was supportive of the real me I mean I really he's my best friend I really feel like I can just be my true crazy psycho Italian self sometimes and he just loves me despite it all <laughs> and I think that's what's really 
kind of made our relationship move in the direction where we were, you know, thinking about moving in together and somehow I convinced him that we should have a baby. So that's kind of how Connor came about. You know, I asked Joe at the end of that year, we'd only been together maybe, uh, I don't know, eight months or so. And I was like, Hey, look, I'm about to turn 33 or 34, something like that. I don't know. Somewhere in there. I'm, I'm about to turn a lot older than you are is basically what I was telling him. And I want to be in a serious relationship. And if you also want to be in a relationship with me, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I don't want to play house. Like I want to get married someday. I want to, more importantly, I want to have kids and um, it's totally fine, but like, let's be done now. And lo and behold, he said he liked me and he wanted to actually, I guess he said he loved me at the point and he moved in. And, um, <laughs> that was like beginning of January. And by the end of January, we were pregnant with Connor. I mean, I, I wasn't playing around girl. I was not messing around. I, yeah, um, no. like I said, I was, let's see, I was, uh, how old was I with Connor? I don't know. 33, 34, something like that. But my doctor, my lovely OBGYN at the time was like, yeah, you know, you're getting close to um, the age where we start considering it a geriatric pregnancy. So you really, you know, you really ought to think, think seriously about having kids if you want to have kids, especially more than one kid. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. She is not my current OBGYN. Geriatric. Um, yeah, it was it was just a weird oh, conversation, gosh. but but I mean, I guess I could understand. I mean, it maybe it was just like a sign that I needed to like really think about: is this something that I want to do? I mean, am I ready to give up my life? You know, I was traveling and jet setting, and I was making great money at my job, and I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. I was saving, and Joe and I were just having a blast, you know, and. I was fit and skinny and I had time to go to the gym and I just was living the life. I, I guess I didn't really realize how much I was living the life until now, but um, <laughs> by the end of January, I had said to Joe, look, like, I really want to try. I was not on birth control. I really, I want to try, like, let's be serious. And I've always been very in tune with my body. I think some women just are, you, I, I just was really in tune with it. I, I, Got some ovulation sticks and I watched my flow app. And when that little, you know, week app that said, Hey, you probably yeah. could ovulate this week. I started peeing on the ovulation sticks. And one day we got a smiley and I sent him a picture and I was like, oh, like in the next 24 hours, we could make a baby. Let's do this. And I don't think that he and I really <laughs> thought more about it than that. I mean, we had already had a serious conversation that that was something we would be okay with. And we loved each other and we felt like we, I mean, do, did I rush that? Yeah, probably. But somehow it worked out because um, we're still together and having another baby and life is pretty good. It seems like, it seems like it just I like lined up perfectly in my opinion. Just like it just, you know, the stars aligned. It was meant to be this way. And like, I'm a firm believer in like yeah. what will be, will be. And so, and I mean, I think it speaks volumes. I mean, I don't know what your situation was entirely with that five-year relationship, but, you know, like, there's a reason why there was no babies then. Like, there was no, like, flip-ups. There was no, like, you know, and it's pretty insane that you guys, like, decided, hey, you know, we're game for this. We love each other. We're going to go for this. And bam, you're pregnant, like, within within the month. Two weeks after I peed on that stick, I was, like, 
getting a positive pregnancy test. Yep. And to be really, to be really transparent, um, in that five-year relationship, I had gotten pregnant, um, and I miscarried at 14 weeks and the guy, oh man, honestly, I feel like I just, I feel like life in a really weird way. It sounds really weird to say it this way, but I feel like life gave me a gift with that miscarriage because that child yeah. would have been the one who suffered. That child would never experience yeah. the loving relationship between parents that Joe and I have that Connor gets. That baby would have never. Right. Or it would have been, uh, it, it, oh man, it would have been a real mess. So honestly, I, I, I also believe like things just work out. That was just one of the red flags in that not working out. It was just one of so many that just didn't. And I'm, yeah. I'm honestly very grateful. Um, and it makes me appreciate the beautiful, you know, pregnancy that I had with Connor. I mean, truly it, I, I will always think back about that baby. I'll always think back about that moment I'll always think back about that time period in my life, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. I really wouldn't. Right. I, I really wouldn't. So yeah, we yeah. took the, we peed on the stick and you know, we did what we needed to do. And, uh, that was, I got, I guess it was the end of January when I, I guess that it implanted and we, <laughs> my birthday is February 12th. I'm an Aquarius baby. And, um, I was going to wait until February 14th. Joe and I had gone to New York state. My family, all of my extended family is from Syracuse, New York. Um, big fat Italian family. Like I have like 30 first cousins. They all live there. They all grew up together. They all raised kids together. And um, I never really had that. So I took Joe with my dad and we went up to New York to, so that I could kind of introduce him to the family. Many of them had already met my ex and they thought that was just not a good scenario and they really didn't approve of him. So it was very important to me that the family met Joe, especially since we were talking about trying to have babies. And at that time, I didn't actually know that I was pregnant when we were in New York. So we went to New York um, like February 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th. It was like over a weekend. And my birthday was a couple of days after we got back and I was going to wait until valentine's day because there's just something in me that we did all the right things and i it was my first time ever really trying to get pregnant so i'm like well maybe we'll just wait till valentine's day and it's like the day of love and whatever and we'll we'll take a test well i couldn't wait that long because joe said to me when we were in new york that ah, my boobs looked really big and i felt kind of like under the weather while we were there, it still didn't really click to me. It clicked to him. He didn't say anything about it, but it did not really click to me. And on the morning of my birthday, you know, first morning pee, I had like a couple tests that, you know, I, I always had tests around just because like, I guess secretly I was always hoping I would have a baby, but I took the test yes. and I remember standing in the bathroom God, like, it just gets me so emotional. I'm just thinking about it now. I remember looking at that test. It was a digital one and it just popped up pregnant. And I, oh man, it's a really, as a woman, like that was just such a special moment to know that that baby was made 
in love that that baby if it made it right like if if I was able to carry this baby that this baby would come into a beautiful relationship that I had worked and Joe and I have worked so hard to cultivate up until that point and I remember showing him the test and just thought what a beautiful birthday gift it was and we um we lived down the street from my best friend, Sarah, and her husband, Jimmy, and I've known Sarah for like 20 years. And uh, we walked down to their apartment. We, we had purposely lived together, like really close in the same neighborhood so we could all get together. Jimmy and Joe were really good friends. And that morning they were, um, Sarah had called, or Jimmy, somebody had called me, one of them, I guess. And I was still like on this high driving to work that, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Like, oh, I'm pregnant. This is cool. And uh, Sarah and Jimmy called and said that they were going to have to put their dog Audrey down, which was like their baby. I mean, Sarah had had Audrey until, I mean, as long as I had, I mean, since we were in college, I've known Sarah since I was like 15. And um, we said goodbye to Audrey and we told them on my birthday, on this special day that, that they laid beautiful, sweet little Audrey down. I always felt throughout that pregnancy, like Audrey kind of like looked over this baby and like protected this baby. It sounds so weird to say like the spirit of this dog, but it was like Sarah's baby. And Audrey, I always just kind of felt this like connection that this baby was going to make it. I wasn't going to experience another miscarriage. This baby was going to make it. And yeah, here we are. (sighs) Gosh, I just didn't realize like how emotional it would be going through this. It's been such a long time. Nobody's ever really asked me like my birth story. Hmm. Right. I think a a lot of people like can relate with that. Even myself, I have, you know, shared one of my birth stories on this podcast. And like, I talk about birth all day, every day, basically. And like when I sat down and like really shared those kind of details, like really intimate details, you know, um, and like my true thoughts and feelings and like what was in my heart at that moment, like yeah. it chokes you up a little bit. Like I, and especially if you're like a really sentimental person and like I, so in my third, <clears throat> my third pregnancy, my, actually my husband's brother had passed away really unexpectedly. He was 24 years old. Um, and, um, he had epilepsy and he ended up passing away, um, one night in his sleep. And, um, so, and then I found out just a couple days after that I was pregnant with this surprise third baby. And so like, I can like relate to that. Like I felt wholeheartedly. And even to this day, like, I just feel like there is his presence, like his presence is, is within my third child. Like I can tell that. And I know that. And, um, it just is so weird how that, how things like that work out. And I like tell my mother-in-law cause you know, bless her sweet, 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 sweet heart. Like she lost a child, you know, and she always like is looking for these signs and stuff and, or she always like, will point out these signs yeah. like, Oh, there's a dragonfly. Look at all, all these dragonflies around us, you know? And I'm like, dude, don't ignore the signs. Like they're there for a reason. And Me like, too. I personally believe in those things. So like, if you felt it, like I truly believe that there is a reason why that was so heavy on your heart and why you felt that, you know, sweet little Audrey was, you know, there was a presence of her watching over 
uh, your sweet boy, That's, Connor. I so I can definitely that, relate with that. Yeah. You never know like what parts of your story will, you know, touch someone else or resonate with them. It, it's, I'm glad that you shared that. <sighs> well, yeah, man. I mean, my pregnancy with Connor was pretty good. I mean, honestly, I, I really was very lucky. I, I remember in the beginning, <laughs> I went a little ham. I, the idea of eating for two was so attractive to me with Connor. I just ate like an <laughs> asshole. I'll be real honest. I just ate everything. I Oh my gosh, I ate everything all the time. And I put a lot of weight on with him. <laughs> Even I think more than average standards, really. I mean, I'm pretty that by 12 weeks I had put on like 15 pounds and I was starting to feel it. You know, I, I was starting to kind of feel that sluggish because you're still in the beginning, right? Like you're not real, especially on a first pregnancy. I wasn't showing. I just felt fat and bloated right. and sluggish and lethargic. And then on top of that, you're early pregnant and you're tired all the time and hormonal and psychotic and overreacting about the dumbest things that was totally me <laughs> totally me and they had me on um progesterone now that i'm talking about this i remember they had me on extra progesterone because of my previous history with miscarriage they wanted to make sure be, you know because of that 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 they gave me every supplement they could to ensure that the baby stayed in there and and you know we did everything we could and i felt pretty strongly that that was part of why connor stayed in there um, but I was a crazy yeah. person. Oh my God. <laughs> and then, you know, when you're early pregnant with a child and you're in a relationship that <laughs> I, we hadn't even been together a year when I got pregnant with Connor. So, you know, and we were just starting to live together and we're starting to like navigate things that maybe hadn't come up when we were just, you know, honeymoon phasing it when I'm driving to see him to stay with him every night, or he's coming to stay with me. And, you know, some of these things that maybe wouldn't have normally been an issue, you add hormones, extra hormones, pregnancy, new relationship, and I'm Italian. Oh my gosh, the fire running through my blood sometimes. <laughs> if you can make it through that, if your right, relationship can make it through that, you guys are probably golden. Like nine months. Yeah. I feel like, and renovating a house when I was eight months pregnant. Yeah. I, I feel like we can, I feel like we can, we can get through <laughs> anything and, oh man, he really put up with me. I'll tell you that mm -hmm. really, <laughs> that first trimester was rough, but I never had, I just had morning like nausea, um, not even like nausea during the day or at night, just definitely during the morning, I felt very nauseous, but I never threw up. And I think that was the first sign for me that convinced me I'm having a boy. And I, and I know it's an old wives tale and whatever, and everybody's pregnancies are different. I was so convinced I was having a boy and I wanted a boy. I've always envisioned being a boy mom. I wanted to have a boy so bad. I like tried to will it into existence. In fact, I kept saying that I was going to have a girl up until <laughs> our, our gender reveal, just in case like, it would, so it would be like the opposite of, <laughs> I just wanted it to be a boy so bad. And, um, yeah, so we did, let's see. So we went to the gender reveal anatomy scan ultrasound thing. I think I was, 
18 or 19 weeks. And at the time, you know, this was all pre-COVID. So it was um, in the summertime and we had decided to do a big gender reveal party at my mother-in-law's house. And we were going to invite all our friends and we were going to have like a gender reveal video, which is probably the best video of all time. I still cry watching it. Um, But I had said to Joe, I don't want to know until the gender reveal. Like, I don't want to know until the party, but he really wanted to know. And I think for him as a guy, I think he kind of struggled to feel connected to the pregnancy. You know, he's 27 at the time. He's never, the girl he's been Mm -hmm. with has never been pregnant. He's never really been around pregnant people. He's never had, you know, a connection. He, I, I just think that him knowing the gender helped him feel like he was more part of the process. So I agreed. And everybody thought I was crazy, but I agreed that during the ultrasound, Joe could find out if it was a boy or a girl, but he was sworn to secrecy and he took a video of the ultrasound, but it had to be on his phone so that I didn't like secretly try and cheat and go back and watch it because I really genuinely wanted to be surprised at the party. Um, So now looking back and watching the ultrasound video, I did hear the technician say he a couple times. Um, but at the time I just didn't catch it. And so, you know, Joe found out and to this day, Joe never told me he never hinted. He never, he didn't even like mess with me. He, he just, it was kind of like this unspoken bond that him and this baby in my belly had when he would like talk to the belly or he would just lay his head near the belly or put his hand on the belly when he was watching TV. It was just, there was something about it that day that changed for Joe. And from that point on, even up until the gender reveal, he knew I wanted a boy. And I think secretly he just was so excited for me and for him and for us and for our family. I just, I think that was the right call. I think that was the right choice for me to let him have a say about whether or not he knew the gender ahead of time. So thankfully he kept up his end of the bargain. What a trooper, dude. What I was afraid of is I didn't (laughs) want to set the party date for like, you know, the day after our ultrasound, because what if we'd gone in there and we were one of a few couples that they're like, oh, we can't tell. Come back in a couple of weeks. You know, so I didn't, I I didn't want that to happen. I was, I was really, Mm -hmm. I didn't choose to do any genetic testing um, just because I already have so much like anxiety as it is. And especially during that pregnancy with Connor between the miscarriages and, you know, just always feeling like it was never safe to get excited. Uh, I just didn't want any extra anxiety with the Mm -hmm. genetic test. Like what if it was a false positive or I I just didn't, I didn't want to deal with that. And so it was, it was good that we waited, but yeah, that six weeks was torture. (laughs) That was a long time. Well, good for him for not telling because um, I had one surprise gender baby and I had like fears, like strong fears, like throughout my entire pregnancy that I would go in and I was having to have um, ultrasounds because I had a blood clot um, that was actually in with the baby. And so they were like making sure that um, that remained stable. So like every month I would um, have an ultrasound 
And I would literally dream like the night before that they accidentally told me. And I was just so paranoid that they were going to tell me because I was like, I've made it this far. I want to be surprised. Like, I want to be surprised when he's born. Like, I don't want to find out any way accidentally. I want to find out when I want to find out. So good for him on like holding that secret tight. So like you got to truly like find out when you were wanting to, like you got, you, you know, he respected your wishes. I feel like a lot of times I hear people when they do it that way, like, you know, they get teased and, or they might tell somebody else and and like in secrecy, like sworn to secrecy. And then that other person just accidentally, just like the ultrasound tech, you said, you know, called him a he, you know, while you're sitting there and I'm like, Oh no, I don't a hundred percent. You know how we women, like we test our men secretly. They don't know they're being, but like, that was definitely a test and he passed. Yeah. Go Joe. Right. Yeah. Well go Joe. I I honestly feel like all the stuff that I went through in my previous relationship that I, I truly stand by this statement that Joe as a man was the prize that I received because of all of the stuff that I went through, that I allowed myself to be put through. I feel like now looking back, I would, I would do it all over again, knowing that Joe was the one and that this was the life that we would create together with this child and this family and this home. I would go through all of it again. I really would. If I knew that it would be just like this. He's really, he's really good to me. He really is. He definitely sounds like a prize. Well, he's not perfect. To, like, let's, let's what an amazing. He has his moments. He has his moments. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, he definitely. He, they he all do. I, I'm certainly not a gem to live with all the time. So he gets, he gets a. It just seems like you guys were made for each other, though. Like, from what you described, I mean, we all, nothing is, like, picture perfect. Nothing is ever perfect. No relationship is ever perfect. But, like, to find that person that, like, puts up with your shit and, like, deals with it and still loves you and, like, whatever. That's just her. It'll roll, you know, we'll brush it off and move on from it. Like, that's your person. How awesome is that? Like, you can't deny that kind of love. So pressured him, pushed him to get married. You know, when we, like... Yes, I am from a very traditional, I was raised Catholic, you know, it was expected. I think society expects it, really. Let's just be, let's just call it like it is. I think it's expected that people get married, then they have babies. And for me, when I met Joe, and even a year into it, when we got pregnant with Connor, I truly, I was still kind of working through in therapy. You know, I have a therapist. And I think I was still kind of working through a lot of that mm-hmm. resentment from the previous relationship and just feeling scared about the idea of marriage and trying to talk myself out of, is that even something I want? Do I even care? Um, is it really important? And I think now, you know, all these years later, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that my son is growing up in an environment that is one very different than what I grew up in and very different from what Joe grew up in Two, It's an environment where he gets to see that his actually like each other 
And I feel like that's a lot more important at this juncture in his young male life that he sees a daddy that respects mommy and a mommy that respects daddy and we're loyal and we're honest and we're true. I feel like that is the best gift that we can give our son right now. And when it's time and Joe feels inclined and Joe feels ready to get married, because I don't want to pressure him. You know, I kind of I maybe did that in my last relationship because I thought, well, I have to be married to have a baby and I wanted to have a baby. And I, I want it to be for the right reasons at the right time and what's right for this family. And I know it'll happen. And you know what will be really beautiful about it is that Connor and this new baby will actually be part of a wedding. And they'll actually be able to have the experience of watching yeah. us commit to one another in front of our friends and our family. And I, I, although it's not traditional and although it's not the way that I envisioned it in my, like envisioning how someday it would happen, I guess it kind of is the way it was supposed to be. Yep. I, your whole story, like, I love how it just comes back to like, everything just is the way that it's supposed to be. Like you just, it just seems like everything has just fallen and you've like trusted in that. And you can, you can just tell that. And I, I love that you just own like your untraditional way, you know, like I, I'm with you on, you know, society's always like, Oh, you know, you should be married and then have your babies. And, but like, nowadays like that's completely the opposite it's like there's so many people that are not doing that you know and so I mean it's hard it's can be hard for some folks to be to get used to or whatever and it's not for everybody but the fact that you own it and you're like this is the way that it is it's not what I pictured for myself but this is the way it is and I love the way that this is and I'm going with it so yeah screw off if you don't like it just the way that it's kind of unfolded and the choices that Joe and I have made for ourselves and for each other and for our son and for our life if I push against it and I'm not true to how I really actually feel about it which is it's okay we're not hurting our child in fact we're Mm -hmm. I mean if I really think about it if Joe and I had gotten married just for the sake of getting married when I first got pregnant with Connor would we even still be together now when Connor is old enough to know who Dada and Mama is and that Dada and Mama stay in the same house and sleep in the same room? Would we even be in the same happy, good place that we are today? I honestly don't think so. Right. I don't think so. Well, and if you think about it, like getting a, like getting yeah. married... 100%. quickly I mean some people do it and they do it great but like getting married quickly and like adding a pregnancy on top of that that's just like another stress sure you could do like a shotgun wedding but it's still like you're still kind of dealing with things like a wedding is a no matter how like I guess how minimal or like planning you do or like for instance like if you just elope or whatever you go to the courthouse mm. I mean that's still a huge commitment that's a huge like and then like you have to start the process of like merging your way into like 
merit, you know, like you still have to change your name. You still have to do all the, like the important paperwork, which could also just be stressful in itself can put yep. strain on re- relationships and stuff. Just like having to deal with that kind of stuff. Plus you're pregnant. Like, I mean, it could have added a lot of unnecessary things at that point because like, why, why do you need to do that at this point? If it, if it wasn't something that you're both gung ho about, like, yep. Well, and I had some very honest conversations with both sets of our parents, my parents and his parents. And we just said, look, this is how we feel about it. This is how it's going to go. We hope that you can accept our decision. And my parents honestly like Joe better than they even like me. Um, And that's just the truth. And Joe's mom actually (laughs) likes Connor more than she likes both of us put together. So it really kind of worked out for everybody. I mean, my brother has kids. And so my, my son grows up with his cousins, kind of like I missed out on in New York with my cousins. Um, ultimately, I am so lucky. Joe's mom treats me like a daughter, treats me better than probably some mother-in-laws treat their daughter-in-laws by legal marriage. Um, she's wonderful to us and to me and to Connor and my parents treat Joe like their own son. So really, you know, I, my, I'm just a huge believer in people doing what they want to do. You don't have to justify to other people what yeah. works for you. I want to provide the best environment for me and Joe and Connor and this baby to thrive. And however that looks is how it looks. And Joe and I have talked about getting married, you know, eventually happen. I'm just not in a hurry. It's not, it's not going to change a whole lot. And right now in the middle of COVID and being pregnant, like I'm not going to plan a wedding. Let's just be honest. Like I'm not, you know, things are still a little up in the air and I'm trying to look hot and sexy in a, in a wedding dress. Let me, let me really be honest. And I don't feel that sexy pregnant. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I really don't. So um, that's kind of how that goes. I feel like we've gone like so far from well, my birth story. It's going to be. I feel like it's so important to give context to how and why and, and when and where we got here, you know, as a family. I, I, I'm so glad that you've given me some space Definitely. to kind of share the extra details yeah. that I think make the birth of Connor so so special for us you know I think every birth is special in its own way but for us the details I think are yeah what kind of weave the story together totally and that's I mean I say it in my intro like there's no story alike and I, I don't tell anybody how to tell their story so I find so much joy in like just hearing somebody share their version their true like whatever is on your heart please share like you feel that this is necessary to share like hell yeah girlfriend get to it I'm all about it so yeah no I'm I'm so happy that you have shared that with us because I mean like I said and we've said it three or four times already in this episode like mm-hmm. you never know who it's going to resonate with so it's important it's important to somebody it's important to me and it's important to you <laughs> right? so I mean there you go you got a whole I list of people already what's so. <laughs> cool about just this experience that I'm having with you right now is It's an opportunity that I'm so thankful I even considered and that I just kind of jumped at and said yes before I even really knew what this would be like for me. And now going through it and reliving it, it's so cathartic and it makes me appreciate the 
the life that I have, the relationship that I have. It even makes me appreciate being pregnant with this baby, knowing that Joe and I have come so far. And the whole reason that we share as women, right, is to have community and to build um, a sense of belonging with one another. It's part of why I created my Instagram account is to find like-minded women and moms and a tribe of people who get me. And part of getting me is you knowing me and knowing some of the deeper details of who I am and how I got here and how I learned this self introspection and, and the ability to self-reflect it. It's taken me a lot of time. And I, that's why I wanted to share some of these details, because if you follow me and you learn about my family and my story, this is all important part of, of getting to know each other. And I hope that others will, you know, feel inclined to share and, and get excited to share because this has been a really cool experience. I, I think about, I, I'm like thinking about the day that I gave birth to Connor and <laughs> it was definitely different than I was expecting. Oh, honestly, up until I got pregnant with Connor, I had always had this vision of like, I'm going to have a water birth and I'm, I'm kind of a crunchy mom. I'm really into like non-toxic living and like clean living and preserving the earth and the environment. Like I'm kind of crunchy and kind of a hippie. I went to school in Austin and I just, I got to see like the world outside of my conservative town that I grew <laughs> up in. And so I thought, yeah, I'm going to have like this water birth with, I'm going to have no pain meds and I'm going to do it all natural and I'm going to have a doula. And like in my mind, it just made birth sound so beautiful and wonderful. And then I started talking to people about their birth stories when I was pregnant. And honestly, I just got terrified. I was like, I'm not doing any of that. Forget it. No way. That is not for me. I'm not doing it in a pool. Doing it with no drugs. I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. That sounded terrible. Once I was pregnant, especially when I was, you know, I'd say like around six or seven months when I was, uh, I was probably six months pregnant, we went to Mexico. We went to Tulum. Now, I'm not really sure what possessed me, Joe, Sarah, and Jimmy, who are like our travel buddies and best friends. I'm not real sure what possessed us to go to an unair conditioned resort to in the middle of July six months pregnant when I was very overweight for six months pregnant. I'm, I'm not real sure what in the middle of Zika season it was, that was back when like Zika was like a, a huge issue. Yeah. I'm not real sure what, what we were thinking doing that. Um, but then we came and I was just feeling very large and in charge and not cute in bathing suit at all. At all. I felt like a hippo. It was really bad. Um, but we, we came back and then I'd say around like seven or eight months, I started realizing, oh my God, like this is really happening. I'm going to have a, a kid. Like we bought a house. We started renovating the house from top to bottom. I mean, ripped out everything, drywall, paneling, floors, bathroom tile, the entire kitchen Joe built like from scratch with cabinets and stuff. Oh my God. So 
then I started talking to people about like, okay, well, we're in the middle of this crazy renovation. We're living in this tiny, tiny one bedroom apartment with all of the baby gear, like stocking up. And like, we were just exploding at the seams in that apartment. And my friends, you know, that it all had babies before were like, yeah, you need to start preparing a nursery. And I'm starting to feel that nesting feeling. And I'm like reorganizing kitchen drawers of silverware because I didn't have anywhere to like put baby stuff. Oh my gosh, I, I'm now thinking back, that was crazy. But friends were telling me about like their birth and, oh yeah, you know, we, we, you know, my water broke at home and I had to go to the hospital and we lived on the fourth floor of an apartment building that had one elevator for the whole building. And the elevator was like always out and, and not working. And I'm sitting here at eight months pregnant going, oh my God, what if my water broke in the apartment and I had to walk down like four flights of stairs in the middle of labor? I have no idea what we're doing. We're 20 minutes from the hospital. I'm like panicking. And then I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I can't do this water birth thing. Like this, this is just too, I have too much anxiety. It's too out of the box for me. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's just scratch that. So my OBGYN and I had talked about, you know, let's aim for, you know, 40 weeks, obviously. And so by what, 35, I think at 35 weeks, they started doing ultrasounds every week. And so I go in, you know, and Joe, and I, Joe wasn't going to these appointments with me. It was just me at this point. You know, he went to like the big ones, the, the ultrasound for the anatomy scan. And he went to some of the beginning ones because that was kind of cool for both of us. But towards the end, it was like every week and he was working. So uh, we do 35, we do 36, 37, 38. <laughs> I go in for my 39-week appointment. It was a Monday at 9 a.m. I was the first appointment. I stroll on in the doctor's office with a muffin and a coffee from Starbucks. I'm chilling. I'm waving to all the nurses. Like, life is good, right? I feel huge. I'm, like, waddling in there. I remember what I was wearing and everything. And I had shorts and a long sleeve shirt on. I mean, it was almost October. He was born in October. So, um, yeah, I walked in there and... <laughs> I literally thought nothing was different than any of the other weekly appointments I'd been going. I, I really just, I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought everybody goes to 40 weeks. And I mean, I guess I didn't really think that, but I thought I would. And um, I had had no sign that anything was off prior to that. And I go in and I sit down in the room and the nurse comes in and she takes my blood pressure. And I saw her eyebrows go up. And it, it was in that moment, I was like, oh, shit, something is awry. And she was like, she patted my leg. I had shorts on. I remember she patted my thigh and she was like, okay, hun, I'm going to go get doctor. And um, she's going to check your blood pressure again. And uh, it's a little high, but let me have her check you. And then we'll, you know, we'll come back and we'll figure out what we're going to do. I still at that moment, I knew something was different, but I still at that moment didn't really think we were going to be doing this today. I had in fact said to Joe as Joe was leaving at, you know, eight 30 and I left to go to the doctor. He left to go to work and he gave me a kiss and he said, babe, wouldn't it be so funny if you called because you know, it's Monday. we got the Monday blues. Nobody wants to go to work on Monday. And he's like, wouldn't it be so funny if you called me and were like an hour into my work day and said, we're going to have a kid today. And I'm like, ha 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 ha. You're so funny. And then she, the doctor comes in the room. 
She takes my blood pressure <laughs> and she's just the sweetest lady. She, this is a new OBGYN, not the one that told me I was a geriatric pregnancy. Um, but she looked at me, she took my blood pressure twice. Again, she took it and she, <laughs> she just looked at me and she goes, all right, hon, well, your blood pressure is a lot higher than normal and um, you're going to have a baby today. You need, to, you need to make some phone calls and I'm sitting there with like my Starbucks coffee in my hand, looking at her like she had 12 eyes. Like, what? I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I didn't even complain. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Hold on. I was like, I still have laundry at home in the washing machine that needs to go in the dryer. And I didn't shave my legs is what I told my doctor. <laughs> and she was like, honey, that is the least of our, our you're, you're not even going to care about <laughs> that at this point. So I'm going to have you go upstairs and I'm going to send you up there. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I literally thought that when she said we were going to have a baby that day and I needed to make my phone calls that I was going to like go out into the waiting room, go home, go downstairs, go home, get to my car, go pack a bag. Like, I don't know. I, I, I was just so discombobulated at that point. She's like, no, 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 no. You're going to go up upstairs today. Like right now, like in about 20 minutes. So I need you to call Joe and tell him to meet you up here at the hospital and we're going to start getting you induced. And I was like, huh. okay. All right. Well, let me, I, I still, I, I think at that moment I was still a little in shock <laughs> that we were having that conversation because I just wasn't expecting it. I just thought I was going to go in they're going to check me and then I was going to leave. So I called Joe and I called him like two or three times and he's in a, like a customer service, uh, like customer like account management role where he's like talking to customers all day and he works with my brother at the same company. And I called Joe like two or three times and his phone just kept ringing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I call my brother and he answers and I'm like, Hey, where's Joe? He's like, he's at his desk. He's on the phone. Why? I was like, tell him we're going to have a kid today. He was like, Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> he's like, I'll have Joe call back. I was like, all right. So Joe calls back and I'm like, <laughs> you're going to be a dad today. He's like, really? And, and later we, I heard the story that my brother, when Joe answered the, or called me and I answered the phone and told him he was going to be a dad today. He like stood up at his desk after he hung up with me and was like, what do I do now? Like <laughs> he just was like, he was just, I think a little dumbfounded because we had talked about it and kind of giggled about it. So I go upstairs. This is probably like 11 o'clock. I get up to the room that, um, you know, Joe, go, I told him to go home, grab my bag that we had kind of half-ass packed and we grab a couple other things. Make sure you put the laundry in the dryer. I, I call my parents to tell them to come to Dallas. You know, they're a couple hours away. So I, I knew we had some time and then I texted my best friends and, and that was pretty much, then I was just kind of waiting for the anesthesiologist to come up. Cause obviously they were going to do an epidural. So at about I don't know, 1230, one o'clock, the anesthesiologist came in. Joe kind of got there at the same time that the doctor did. And um, she, you know, they all explained to me what was going to happen. I was going to get like this balloon thing that was going to like help me dilate. I was going to get the epidural. I was like, right. I mean, all right. I wasn't in labor. I didn't have, nobody broke a water. I, I, I didn't, I just, it was so hard for me to like conceptualize that this was happening because I didn't, it wasn't like in the movies. It wasn't like my friends had described. It was just 
a very matter of fact scenario. So Joe walks in, he's smiling ear to ear. He brings the bag. Of course, he doesn't remember to bring like, you know, a pillow like, hey, man, you're going to be at this hospital for a couple of days. But he ain't going to bring any of that. He just I think he kind of blanked, you know, on like, OK, maybe I'll just bring like a toothbrush and a contact case and that's it <laughs> um and that's pretty much what he brought maybe a, a change of sweatpants and uh you know they did the epidural they did the balloon thing and then we just kind of sat and so slowly people trickled in around like 5 five thirty when you know work was over joe's mom my brother my sister-in-law my dad my mom my best friends like we had like a whole room it was like a whole cheering crowd and this was probably five thirty-six, and i I wasn't really like, I think I was maybe like five centimeters when they all got there, you know, and we knew that the, in, the induction would kind of take a while. So I'd say at like 10 o'clock, everybody's still kind of hanging around. I think my brother took my niece home and then came back and got dinner. Um, the things that I remember about, you know, this long, like 12, 13 hour experience of just like waiting was that I was super hungry because I didn't know that you can't eat uh, once they give you that epidural and or what happened with me. And I had only had that muffin and the co- and then that coffee that morning. So I'm starving and the epidural made me itch really bad. I felt like a crack addict. I was just like scratching my skin. It was insane. It was, and then I started shivering towards the end because I was so cold. I think also like in shock that we were about to do this. But at about ten forty-five at night, the doctor came in and checked me. Nurse checked me. They're like, "Oh, you're at like eight. You need a little bit more time. We want you to sit up instead of being like flat. They wanted me to sit up as far vertical as the chair would let me go, or that like the bed chair thing. And I'm sitting up and." move. Um, you can't really move. I mean, the epidural, I literally didn't feel a thing. I couldn't feel anything. And I kept like hitting the button, you know, cause it just sounded fun. And she was like, Oh yeah, you can't overdose yourself with that. And so I'm like always hitting the button. I literally did not feel a thing, not a thing. Like Joe was like lifting my leg up for me and I couldn't even <laughs> like feel him touching my toes. It's crazy. It was the craziest feeling. Um, and the most annoying part about the entire thing <laughs> the induction, the waiting, the epidural, the most annoying thing was the needle that they were giving me the IV in my wrist. It hurt so bad. I literally still have a scar from that thing. Oh, I hated that thing. It was the worst part. But um, I guess the vertical movement or whatever, I guess it worked because at like 1.30, they came in at AM, they came in and checked me again. And all my friends, family were still there. They were just kind of, you know, hanging out. I think they kind of came and went periodically but the doctor came in and she said <laughs> she checked me and she's like well you're 10 she's like we're gonna push I'm like wait a minute what and instantly instantly it went from like happy happy joy joy in the room to absolute fear I started sobbing I started having these visions of like what if something goes wrong what if I don't make it oh my God, this could be the, like, this is, I remember looking at my dad and, and, you know, I'm the oldest too. I'm my dad's only daughter. It's their first grandchild from me. It just, I looked at my dad and my mom and I just felt terrified and scared. And I felt like a little girl all over again. And I just wanted like out. 
I remember that feeling. I just wanted out of that situation. I was just so scared of the unknown. And, um, you know, one by one, they all left and Joe started getting kind of teared up and his mom said goodbye to me and they all walked out of the room and it was just going to be me and Joe and the doctor. And, oh my God, I just still like remember being so scared. I just didn't know how this was going to go. And um, I just remember like looking at Joe thinking like, this is like our life is about to change in this moment. Everything. Like the way that I look at Joe was about to change. The way I felt about Joe was about to change. We were about to become responsible for a, someone else's life. Everything that we knew about life was about to change in that moment. And I think it just, it was so overwhelming to me, even just thinking about it now. So overwhelming. And uh, they just, he gave me a kiss and he was like, you can do this. I, you are so strong. So proud of you. You took such good care of our baby up until this point and you're going to do this and we're going to do this and I love you and we're going to make it. And, you know, I think I pushed a couple times and she told me I was doing it wrong. And I guess she, she like put her finger, she was like, let me put my fingers here. Like, can you feel this? And I, I guess I can <laughs> kind of feel like the pressure of where her fingers were, where I needed to push. And they gave me a mirror, which helped me tremendously. And because I could see, like, I could see what I was doing. Initially I couldn't see. I remember Joe saying to me, babe, he has hair. And I told him, you better not be lying because if he comes out and he has no hair, I'm going to be so mad because <laughs> I just felt like I had no idea what I was doing and pushing and like nothing was happening. And then uh, they gave me the mirror and like two or three pushes after the finger and showing me how and, and the mirror, like all of that just kind of combined and that little baby came out. And I guess I was a little disappointed with that birth, which is something I, I've told my doctor this time around, I, it's really important to me that when the baby comes out, I want them to put the baby on me. Like I want to see the baby, especially cause this baby's going to be a surprise. You know, I want to hear it's a boy or it's a girl and put the baby on me with Connor. He came out and they immediately took him to the little warming table over off to my left. And Joe went around my, the, the leg and, went over to see him and I didn't hear him cry for the longest. It felt like forever. I mean, it just felt like a long, long time. And I remember he started to cry and that was when Joe started talking to him. And I, I remember, you know, it all happened so fast, you know, it was just like bright lights everywhere. And, you know, they're trying to get the placenta to come out and stitch me up and I only needed a couple stitches, but I, I, it just like, it all like happened so quickly. And all I really remember from that moment was Connor reaching his little arm up and his arm was so white. And I just remember thinking, God, he's such a white baby. He needs some like blood flow. And he was crying. And I remember Joe, Joe, like putting his face really close to him and talking to him and he stopped crying. I think I just knew at that moment, like Joe, Joe was going to be a really good dad. And he is. Him and Connor have such a special, special bond, such a special bond. And I guess that's what makes me feel so inclined when Joe and I have disagreements or you know, we, we get into it. I, I think that's what makes me feel so 
like inclined to make it work and to fix it and to say I'm sorry if I was wrong because I know that Connor needs him and like they've just had that special connection since the moment he came out. Man, this has just been such a good experience to like relive this. It just makes me re- like, know how good I've got it and to good reminder to just always invest in in your partner and your relationship and it just helps me remember why we're doing this and that we're doing a good job oh man absolutely i I really didn't expect got me all teared up over here i'm like almost telling the story like i can see it like a movie like a like a cinema movie just like running my memory i can remember all these little things i guess i kind of forgot Right. It's so like a lot of people feel like it's so therapeutic and like it just helps so much to just like be able to tell it start to finish and like through your eyes, like through your memories and like there's nothing, there's nothing like it. You know, you can look at a thousand pictures all day long, but like nothing is like going to compare to like your memory of those first moments and like, you know, it just is an amazing thing to it's a huge moment in your life. Like it's a huge moment. And I mean, I don't get a lot of people that share like the aspect, you know, like when they see their partner become, you know, a parent for the first time, like, I don't know if I've really had somebody share that experience on here before. And so it's just like, really, it's just amazing to hear, you know, like somebody, not only did you guys become parents, like you fell in love with him. Like, yeah more that day like you fell in love with him like as the father of your child like there's a deeper love now and it's like another love story kind of like begins once your baby comes how the dynamics change in an instant and i think it's a different experience telling it to someone who has been there in a similar way can empathize with all of these different emotions i mean right giving birth was a life changing. I feel like it changed me like at the chemistry level of my, my being, I feel different now that I'm a mom. And I just don't think that I really could have understood this beautiful gift until now. Sometimes I want my old life back, you know, that I want, I want the relationship with Joe back when it was Mm -hmm. no responsibility. It wasn't about bills. It wasn't about kids. It wasn't about daycare. It wasn't about schedules. It wasn't about bath time. It was more about, you know, hanging out and traveling and going places spontaneously and doing things that were fun and adventurous and cool and different and whatever, you know, but now telling it back, it makes me feel so selfish for even wanting that back because look at what I've gained, you know, what Connor is like brought to my family and brought to my parents' lives and Joe's parents' lives. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's a really unique situation. And I think it's, I think it's like natural for you to like, because even myself, I mean, my, oldest is almost 10 and like I think back to the time you know before I had children and I'm like oh gosh life was like really simple like I can't believe like 
you know, I should have valued that more in that time. But I think like, like you said, like this kind of like brings you back and you're like, this is why I moved on from that life. That's why that part of my life is in the past. Like, like this is the whole reason why. And sometimes in the moment, like when you're stressed or like your kids are kind of driving you bonkers and you're just like, ah, what the heck? You know, like I, I want to go back to that. Like, I think it's natural to have those thoughts, but like, the fact that, you know, you're realizing like, this is why I moved on from that. Like, this is way I would take those crazy, yeah. insane, like days over anything, you know, like I would have all those days and I, and I wouldn't care to go back to, to the life that I live. Sure. I miss it and it's convenient. But, like, you know, you you would never trade your life the way that it is now. Like, Kids are hard work and they really bring out the best and the worst in you in like the most craziest ways. But like, I really feel like, you know, the you hit the nail on hit the nail on the head again. Like it just, it just really reminds you of like how far you've come and, and why this is such an amazing thing. Why, why parenthood makes you feel really grateful. It's just, not the every, most amazing gift. You know, not everyone's experience of mm-hmm. getting pregnant or having babies or having children or what well, I don't want to paint this like it's all rainbows at our house. It's not. It's, it never is. But it makes you as a woman now reliving this moment. Me mm-hmm. as a woman, it makes me right. feel very grateful and so um, so humbled that I've had the opportunity that some women may not. And I, I yeah. don't want to gloss over that. Not everyone has the same or, or yeah. a similar experience. And I, I just hope that I can be a good example as best I can of yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly of, of being a mom and being in a relationship and being pregnant and, and all the things that come before there and after. I, I, I hope that this story I mean, it's, it's just touched my own heart to, to kind of walk back down yep. memory lane. I hope that parts of this have spoken to somebody else and that we'll all be able to, you know, connect and share. And I'd love to hear from people if they heard our story and can connect to it. Really cool. Right. I just thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Yeah. It really absolutely it has meant like, more to me than maybe it even has to you. I, I really appreciate it. I'm so thankful that you agreed to, to share. Like it's, I think this is really amazing what you've shared with us and it's been really in depth. And sometimes I think, especially in this crazy world that we're living in right now, like we all need a dose yeah. of like true and like deep shit. Like it, it's just amazing. Like just to hear somebody's story from start to finish and such depth can bring so much, you know, joy and like comfort and just so much to people who, who are just longing to connect with somebody on the same level. And like, I hope that like when other people listen to this, you know, and they feel, if they feel inclined to share, like reach out and do that because look how much it's like, look how much it has affected Vanessa. Like, (laughs) you know, it's your heart is like, it's just so like just overflowing. And like, you can tell that just in your voice, like you just, 
just by going through like the simple memories of like how you you know were born as a, a mother and that that's what this podcast is all about like however your story plays out or however it started or however it, it came about like that's important and I want people to like have those memories and like these episodes are so important and that's why I make such a big deal about like when I have technical difficulties and audio blips and stuff because I'm like these are treasured memories for people like you'll you can look back on this on in a year and listen to it again and be like holy crap and it's just gonna resurface all these amazing emotions that you're feeling this very second and that's why I feel that's why I did this is why I do this podcast this is the exact reason why I do this podcast so do you want to tell us a little bit about your postpartum period? I was not mentally prepared yeah. for, for life after having given birth. Oh my God. My mom came and stayed with us, which was a huge help. I mean, my mom is a nurse of like 40 years. She stayed with my brother and his wife when they had you know, their daughter. And so she, you know, stayed almost what, 10 days or two weeks, something like that. I remember the day that my mom left and I had been like, you know, I'd kind of gone through it those first 10 days. I was so engorged. I was so swollen. I had to wear like compression socks because all the fluid in my body, I don't know if it was from the epidural or what it was. It it went I don't know, like it was like from my thigh down through my knee, my calves, my feet, they look like elephant feet. I was, I, they couldn't fit in my sandals. I, I felt crazy. My boobs looked like Dolly Parton. They were like up to my chin. I, I, I remember walking out in a nursing bra and Joe was like, whoa, <laughs> they're as big as my head. And they like legit were as big as this had my milk just had not like come in (laughs) and breastfeeding was a complete nightmare. Oh my God. I was, I just had it in my mind. I was so dead set. I'm going to breastfeed this baby. I'm going to nurse him. We're doing this. And I just had a really hard time. I think I was just so overwhelmed and the flood of emotions and the screaming, crying baby. And I didn't want to, give him formula because I felt like I was pumping like bad stuff into him and I just oh my god that moment when I first realized what mom guilt is was was like shocking to me so when we got home and the breastfeeding still wasn't working and I was like pumping and then feeding and I was getting no sleep my mom let me sleep during the day this baby cried his ass off all the time Oh my God. He was the neediest baby. Oh, he was making me crazy. I felt crazy. And then the the day came when my mom was going to (laughs) leave and we were no longer going to have like Cinderella, like literally living in our house. She was like doing laundry and cooking and cleaning and bathing the baby. And like, she did everything. She did everything. She, she did everything. She, she did everything. And then she left her and my dad went back home. Joe and I looked at each other like, Oh my God, what are we doing? I think a part of us was ready for my mom to go. Cause we wanted to have that like, you know, family of three 
moment, you know, where we're both like looking at each other as parents that we made this baby. Like this is our, it was so surreal, right? Like we'd spent all this time Mm -hmm. talking about this baby and envisioning this baby and talking about the belly. And now the belly was still there, but the baby was here. It was just like a really weird, it's a really weird feeling. And we were still renovating the house. So Joe was driving, you know, 25 minutes up to where the house was from where our apartment was and, you know, still doing a lot of work and checking on contractors and him working on the kitchen. And of course, everything takes longer than you think. So I was alone with the baby a lot. And I was just very overwhelmed. My body, you know, there's this idea that women are going to bounce back and snap back. And I looked like a whale. I gained almost 50 pounds with this baby. Like, I know that that is a lot, but like for me on my five foot three frame, I'm like looking at myself going, I don't even know who you are. And I think post, I think what was most hard about postpartum is I was getting six months maternity leave from my job at the time. I took three months paid and three months unpaid. And six months seems like a long time. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get all this stuff done around the house. And I'm going to be nesting. And no, I did not sleep when the baby slept. The baby never slept. Um, Breastfeeding was a nightmare. Um, Just pumping all the time. My body looked like absolute craziness. I just was so overwhelmed. And I also... This is going to sound kind of crazy, but this is something that I had to really work through. You know, Joe and I not being married, right? And there's something about the moment you give Mm -hmm. birth where as a woman, and I'm just going to own this because this is like a really honest feeling, but being not married, there was a moment, many moments, actually, let's be real where I had this territorial feeling of control. Like I fucking own you. And I had to really work through that because it came out in ways that were not pretty about me as a, as a person and as a woman, I would say things that I now regret or I would just the tone that I used was sometimes I think a little like almost like threatening like this is my baby and I can do whatever like leave if you want like I'm I'm gonna say whatever and push your buttons and push your boundaries and push you away and I already don't feel good about myself and my body and I feel insecure about our relationship and now I'm gonna say whatever and you're still going to have to be around. And I, that was part of my postpartum journey that I am not proud of. And that's why I say that Joe puts up with my shit because there were many, many times where I felt some kind of way. (laughs) And I guess maybe I just hadn't accepted, like, this is your life now. You made this choice. You made this conscious choice to have a baby with a man you don't know that well okay let's just be call it like it is like you don't know that well you were together nine months but when you moved in and you had a baby you know and you're not married 
And you're the one that told him, I don't want to get married because of all your trauma from your past relationship. I, I would say like the first four months postpartum, I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who I, who that is not Vanessa. It's so embarrassing. Like talking about this, like that was not the woman that I wanted to be, especially for this beautiful man, this person who stayed by my side. He was loyal to me. He didn't leave me hanging with this baby that we made. He does everything like a spouse would do. And I was treating him like such crap sometimes. And man, that was not postpartum. Vanessa was, was not my best. It was not my best me. And that's just the truth. And I, I hope that there are people out there. I'm sure there are that people that can relate to that, that feeling. I, I just didn't feel like myself and I had to get back in therapy and I had to tell my doctor how much I was struggling with postpartum anxiety. And I felt very depressed and very isolated and very alone, especially when Joe went back to work and I'm like stuck at home and you feel very invisible as a mom, right? As a new mom, everybody comes to see the baby, but they like completely ignore you. It just was a really Mm -hmm. tough time. And it's something that I've talked about with my OBGYN now, like, yeah, I don't want to be in that same headspace. It's part of, again, like why I'm documenting so much of this pregnancy for me to be able to look back and to grow and to change and to evolve, to be a better version of me. I don't want to be that Vanessa. And I think the last 14 months of Connor's life have really opened me up to this self-discovery, this additional introspection about self and the, the ability to ask hard questions of myself. Like, is that who you want to be? Do you want to be the stereotypical angry baby mama? Or do you want to be Joe's partner? Do you want to demonstrate to Connor that even though we're not married, it doesn't mean that we're not committed. It doesn't mean that we don't love each other and treat each other with, with kindness and respect. And that's really why I'm taking such a good look at who I am in this pregnancy and who I want to be after this pregnancy. And back to the Vanessa, ultimately that Joe fell in love with just a better, more evolved version. And being a mom doesn't have to drag me down. It doesn't have to define who I am and only who I am. I can still be me and still be a mom too. And I've, I've just had a lot of hard work that I've had to continue to do like really hard work and I, and still, you know, work to do, but I, I think that's, I thank you so much for sharing that because it's, I mean, I talk about, we talk a lot about, um, you know, postpartum stuff on this, on this podcast, but I don't think that a lot of people really feel comfortable to open up completely. Like 
what you just shared, you know, like, and, but I know, like, even from personal experience, like, I know how well I can relate to what you, what you mean. Like, so I know that there's tons of people out there that are going to listen and be like, she's like saying what, you know, she's saying everything that I have felt. And like, it's always reassuring to know that you're never alone. Like, in those dark moments, like it's hard not to feel, feel alone. Like you're so isolated. You're so like kind of in a negative space that like, it's so hard not to be like you, it's hard to even imagine that there's anybody else in this world that feels as shitty as you do at that moment. And so I think that it's so important that, you know, like all of us moms, like having a baby is hard and I don't care if I mean, most women do feel some sort of like, you don't, you don't, maybe they don't go to postpartum depression. I have never been diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I have dealt with like the baby blues, like the first 14 days after my babies, like it's been hit and miss with some of them, but there's been a couple of my, my births that I've just dreaded that period because I was so sad and so angry and it was just so dark that I was, I just couldn't feel like there was anybody else that could relate to what I was feeling in that moment. And I think that we need to like make that, you know, known that we all deal with some sort of something at some point in time, like the hormone crash that you go through is freaking insane. Like you are crazy to think if your body isn't going to like respond in some type of way, you know, like I think it's normal. And like, recognizing that ahead like I loved what you said like for this pregnancy you know who you do not want to be you don't you know where you don't want to go after this and I think that it's so important especially for first-time moms if they're listening like to, to get ahead of that and and be aware of that this although it it does suck but like it can be it, it is a normal thing that people go through and it is okay to be to get help to reach out yep. and get the help that you need to seek therapy to talk to your OB even before babies here and be like I I've I've dealt with this you know like yep. even if you've had a baby in the past or maybe you haven't had a baby yet and you've dealt with depression and you have anxiety period like I wasn't suicidal yep. but I was deep in it. And I was in complete Mm -hmm. denial because I kept telling myself, you're tough. You can tough this out. You can, you can get out of this funk. You can fix this for yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need medicine. You don't need therapy, even though those were just tools in my toolbox to me get back on my feet. And, you know, there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I had a lot of resentment I had a lot of moments of like aha moments and Mm -hmm. I definitely am going to be much more mindful you know this time and have been much more mindful about you know not eating crazy and out of control and just not Mm -hmm. not caring and really thinking about a plan for how am I going to put myself first because I know that exercise is really good for my mood stabilization so how am I going to make that a priority when I give birth and and have gotten clearance? How am I going to schedule and arrange therapy to continue once the baby is here? 
Um, what am I going to do for self-care? How am I going to incorporate Joe into maintaining a schedule that allows me for good self-care? Those kind of things. These are all things that I didn't think to ask questions about or to inquire with Joe what his thoughts were. I don't think we really could have been completely prepared for that hormone crash. You talk about how crazy I felt. Uh, I really, truly, I felt very crazy, yep. like in like so many different levels mm-hmm. of crazy um, that I just was like questioning myself. I don't know that we could have been totally yeah. prepared for that, but I wish we had had more doubt yep. about the what ifs in case so that we could have been more prepared and we could have had some solutions in place prior yep. to yep. rather than waiting for the aftermath and then res- like responding and reacting um, rather than proactively, you know, dealing with it. Right. So these are all things that I only share them so transparently because I know what Mm -hmm. an effect they, all of these dynamics and feelings that I had that I wasn't really talking about. I know what an impact that had on the dynamic of this household, the dynamic of my relationship with Joe and how that impacted the dynamic of us parenting the same child in the same house at the same time. And especially now with the uncertainty of the pandemic still kind of lingering, these are conversations that Joe and I have had and will continue to have up until May when the baby comes and thereafter, because I just never want to be in that place again. It was, it was very dark. Yep learning lessons that's that's what I always like think about with a lot of like first like especially first timers but I mean you can even have learning lessons in any of them but like I feel like so many times you just learn the first go round exactly what you know you you just get better with time you know and you get more of a grip because it is hard to prepare for something you don't no. Right. Like these are so many of the things that I share, like when I'm writing, you know, on my, my account, like these are all these yep. innermost deep feelings that I know people mm-hmm. and women, right. We might not say it out loud, but the things that I think I've said that I'm even saying to myself, yeah, I know exactly how that feels. I remember that feeling I've been there. And I hope that this, this is, um, you mm-hmm. know, I just hope that this whole yep. message, right. This yep. whole dialogue of you and I sharing and me, I mean, really, I kind of just bared my soul to mm-hmm. all of you. Um, I hope that this is, um, encouraging to other people, yep. reassuring yep. that everybody's got their shit. Everybody's got their stuff that they deal with, um, you know, that you, you can overcome some of this and some of it you guys work through over time. And I hope that people will reach out and connect with us. And, and I hope that this was just as healing for others as it has been for me. Absolutely. I know it will be seriously amazing. I am, I feel so privileged to be able to even, and honored to even be the person that you got to tell your story to. Honestly, I I feel very honored that you felt comfortable enough to to just really like you said bear your soul maybe the next story will be a little less long and a little less dramatic but (laughs) this is us but i'm i'm so glad you guys could be part of this absolutely and uh, 
I, I can't even say thank it enough you. to you. I just appreciate you reaching out and, and um, yeah, thank you so yeah. much, Vanessa. Hey y'all, that's all the time we have for this episode, but be sure to catch up on all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know are interested in being a guest on our show, find us on Instagram at From Bumps to Birth, or you can message me, Ricky Hamley, on Facebook. Thank you so much for your support and listening. And until next time, I am your host, Ricky Hamley.